the Sports Social, the podcast that gives a quick update on sport from the last week without an endless parade of stats and figures. We want to bring you the human stories behind the headlines, as well as just enough information to feel included in the, in the world of sport. I'm your host, Georgie Trickett. And I'm Libby Trickett. And we are related. We're sisters-in-law. Woohoo! And we're pretty passionate about making sport and activity interesting and accessible for everyone. Yes, we are. It's very true. It's very important. It is. Hi. Hi. This is our first episode. It's so exciting. <laughs> I'm getting more excited as we do it. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. We've kind of thrown you in the deep end. Yeah. <laughs> I am excited. Um, so I think to, to really just a very short, succinct way to introduce ourselves, I'm Libby Trickett. You may know me from such a Libby. Oh, God, I such a, such a wanker. Um, I used to swim. <laughs> You might be a swimmer. I may be a swimmer from way back. And I also have a podcast called All That Glitters, talking about uh, sport and athletes transitioning from sport into the real world. And my sister-in-law, Georgie. I am not an Olympian. (laughs) I am a regular Joe when it comes to sport and I really love sport. I've also worked a bit and I've had a couple of kids and we just really wanted to sit down and have a conversation about sport that everybody or anybody could relate to because sometimes when we talk about sport and we listen to different sporting channels, it just feels a bit blokey Mm -hmm. and a bit heavy on the metrics. Yes. And what I really get excited about is all the human stuff behind the headlines that might be out there. Yeah. Like results are great, but it's Absolutely. the the stories about how athletes got there or just weird conversations. I mean, a conversation that we had not that long ago was about the state of origin and the state of men's hair. hair. There's a crisis. <laughs> There's a crisis there. They're the level of conversations we're having about sport. <laughs> and I think they're important. Well, we need to have we need to have it all, right? We need to be able to have the conversation about what gold medals, what medals, what world records might be happening at the Commonwealth Games. We also need to talk about mullets. And fashion. And fashion in general. And we figure that if we're having these conversations, you probably are too. 100%. Well, we're assuming. (laughs) Let's see. We'll see. Let's see. I I think so. Um, So, Georgie, it's been a very exciting week of sport already. I'm so tired. I have watched so much sport. I haven't done any sport, but I have watched and it's exhausting. It is exhausting. Let me tell you about what's been going on in the Commonwealth Games, which is really where we're going to focus for this episode because while there has been uh, the Euro Cup and England's taken that title out this morning and Max Verstappen won yet another Formula One Grand Prix. This is very exciting. It's really exciting. I think we can just park them yeah. for the next couple of weeks while we've got one of the greatest spectacles on earth happening. The Commonwealth Games. The friendly games. The friendly games. The only multi-sport event that incorporates para-athletes into the normal format, as it should be. Yeah, 100%. In the medal tally, in the coverage, it is an equal footing mm. and about time. Yeah. And I think that's something that started at the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games. Uh, actually, it, in 2006, there definitely oh. was uh, para-athletes as Stand part of corrected, that I game. Apologize. No, that's okay. I don't know if they were part of the broadcast. I, oh. I couldn't give you that information, but uh, they were definitely there. Again, whether they were just showcasing, but I'm pretty oh, sure that maybe. they had most We'll fact-check ourselves. Later. Yes, we will. We may cut this whole thing out. <laughs> Who's to say? 
<laughs> so at the end of day three, Australia has won a staggering 52 medals. Oh, how many gold? 22 gold. Thank you for asking. 13 silver and 17 bronze. Wow. Australia's first medal was won by Matthew Hauser in what was a very controversial men's sprint triathlon. So a sprint triathlon is not a full triathlon. It's like a half of all the different events. So a 750 swim, 20K ride and a 5K run. Mm-hmm. And just at the end of that race, the New Zealand runner, the New Zealand athlete was handed a 10-second penalty. Mm. And had to be boxed, so pull out of the race for 10 seconds. And he was in a pretty tight competition with the English athlete who then went on to win. Mm. He's now protested that. Has he? Yeah. Interesting. 30 days. What? It will take to get that resolved. Makes no sense. Yeah, that, that was an interesting um, event, actually. I was watching it because they were, like, tussling right at the end and then yep. all of a sudden he just Wild from New Zealand just kind of peeled off and yeah. kind of – Handed it. Handed over to Yee, who he just kind of patted on the bottom and off he ran (laughs) to win. I mean, it was beautiful sportsmanship, but obviously he's reflected on it and looked at the footage and decided that uh, the issue about his helmet in transition didn't warrant the penalty. Mm. So we'll wait and see what happens. Other excellent viewing that happened over the weekend was in the marathon. I have so many tears. Jess Stenson's run was exceptional mm. as it, as were her teammates and to see her cross the line and then pick up her little two-year-old or 18-month-old Billy um, was beautiful to see. Can I make an observation about that? It was everything that every mother who has ever done a workout and been sweaty and tried to give her child oh. a hug, he immediately pushed her away because she was sweating. The number of times where I would have liked to have given my child a hug and it would have been a really nice moment and my child has just pushed me away like that. But to have it on the international stage, I thought she handled it beautifully. Of course, she did. She, she was amazing. I mean, Jess is such a, an amazing athlete. I think this is only her second ever marathon, I think I think she said, like second ever. Really? She, yeah, she went into athletics and then has moved further and further, which is what she, seemingly they have start to do because Eloise Wellings, who also has two children yeah. – has moved into marathons. She was a 5 and 10K runner. Oh. And uh, Sinead Diver, who took up running at like 30, has like just – I mean, they were all, all the Australians were incredible um, in that particular event. But that moment where all the women had crossed the oh, line that was so and good. embraced each other because just prior to that they'd been at a training camp in Europe together preparing for the Commonwealth Games. And I just – I just love it. And I actually saw a post that Eloise, because I've followed her for quite a long time, she posted, she's like, if I didn't win, I'm glad you did. And oh, I'm like, that's the I, best. I love that. Uh, it's like, I know that I want to win. Like, yes. I know that, that that's obvious. Like, that, otherwise, why do athletes train? But the fact that she can then go, I just am so happy for you that you got to do that. So that was amazing. Special. Yeah. And then we also had Madison D. Rosario mm. win her. Uh, marathon and that was again brilliant to see and she was a class act she was just streaks ahead yeah and in the men's race we had Liam Adams who didn't win a gold medal and but came fourth and what you need to know about that guy is that he works 40 hours a week as a sparky he doesn't get to train like all the other athletes he is fitting it in before work after work he's then in a really labor intensive job 
Yeah. And he goes out and comes forth in a Commonwealth Games marathon. I love the way he described. He was like, I'm doing it for the weekend warriors. I felt seen in that moment. <laughs> well, maybe you could go. I will never run a marathon. <laughs> no. No. No? I can I love to watch the marathon. Mm. I and I will go for a jog on the weekend quite happily and stop at Do a shorter distance. Do you a park run? <laughs> to go into a park run. There's no there's no need for to running to run a marathon. It's just too far. Oh, it must be the training. They Why? must be exhausted. I mean, I know. No. <laughs> Today we had a rhythmic sorry, my apologies. We had an artistic gymnastics Ooh. gold medal from Georgia Goodwin. We also had the women's rugby sevens girls get through to the finals. They had to beat New Zealand and that was a gritty match. Mm. That was tough. There was a hair-pulling incident. Oh, dear. One of the Australians was put uh, given a yellow card towards the end of the match, but we got through and then we absolutely performed with Fiji. Yeah, we trounced them. Yes. And, that, the and for those guys <laughs> who didn't perform the way they wanted to at the last Com Games, I think they felt like they'd – really cemented their place back at the top of this sport, which yeah. is great to see. Well, they're Olympic gold medalists, right? Yes. Not from – well, yeah. Yeah, from Rio, definitely. Maybe. I don't, not from Tokyo. Let's fact check that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's me. That's Might on me. That bit out. <laughs> this, there's been a lot that's gone on in the cycling in the last couple of days. Yes. And some dramatic scenes this morning with accidents in the velodrome. If you haven't seen the photo of the man heading over the barrier, it's chilling. Mm. And the fact that they are all okay, mm. three, three cyclists were taken to hospital, three spectators at least, um, and they are all fine. Oh. But if you need to understand how fast they're going and how hard they're hitting the deck when they come off those bikes, mm. one of the Australians had a collision and his suit was torn to shreds. Mm. There was one image of one of the coaches picking, uh, not skin, not skin. <laughs> you're making you're making gestures like it's he was picking skin off the velodrome, not prickles, <laughs> splinters. <gasps> one of the Australian coaches had to stand there and pull splinters out of one of the Australian athletes' back. Oh That's how fast they're going, and Ooh. their suits are so thin and so aerodynamic that they just come to pieces when wow. they hit the ground. But Australian Cycling's had a great turn at the velodrome this Com Games. And in particular, what I was really struck by was the paratrack cycling where Jess Gallagher and her pilot, Caitlin Ward, um, have won now two gold. That's awesome. In the Tandem B Sprint and the Tandem B 1000 metre time trial. Incredible. That, that's an amazing performance. In the swimming, yes. what has been your highlight? Gosh, there's been some really exciting racing, to be honest. I mean, it's hard to go past Emma McKeon, which we'll talk to Liesl Jones, f- former uh, most Commonwealth Games gold medal Held holder. with Susie and Ian Held Thorpe. Held with Susie and Ian Thorpe, yes, correct. They now have been um, succeeded? Surpassed. Surpassed is a good word. Mm. Yeah, they've now been surpassed by Emma McKeon with the most amount of gold medals. So it's hard to go past Emma. She's just, I mean, she's magic to watch. Um, in so many different ways. I think I have to give a bi- massive shout out to Katja Dedekind, the yes. para swimmer. Yes. Who, uh, it was such a beautiful moment because she is vision impaired 
she not only won a Commonwealth Games gold medal, but she actually broke the world record, but she didn't know until the on-pool deck interview um, because she can't see the board and she couldn't hear the results because the crowd was quite loud apparently and there was a beautiful moment on pool deck in the interview uh, where she found out and it's just, it's heartwarming. Like those moments are just absolutely beautiful. I also have to give a massive shout out to Ellie Cole who is – the greatest para-athlete of all time and has just swum her last race for for the Australian team. So big shout out to Ellie. She is a magic human being on every level, has time for everybody, incredibly kind, incredibly funny, and she's just going to go from strength to strength after after retiring. But, yes, it will be a big miss for, for the Australian Paralympic team for sure. Definitely. I now have some interesting non-medal moments that I'd like to share with you. Please. Because sometimes I think it's these moments that really stand out in a Commonwealth or an <laughs> Olympic Games. 100%. I don't know if you got to see it, but the Australian women took on India in the T20 cricket. Oh, no. In one of their pool matches and India had never looked so good. Wow. They absolutely dominated until um, the Australian batting team rallied and won with six balls to spare. Wow. I just assumed that India obviously was incredibly good at cricket. So I think it'd be really interesting as the competition goes through to see how India continues to perform. I think the wickets are different over in Birmingham to what Mm. the Australians are used to playing on. And I'm not sure if that's impacting how they're performing. Um, But we definitely keep an eye on that as we head into the next couple of rounds and see how everyone progresses. (gasps) It's exciting. The netball is going well. The hockey rows are off to a good start, as are the Australian um, women's hockey team. And I think the other thing that's really worth talking about is what happened in the men's para marathon. Yes. Where I heard about this. England's David Weir, who was the favourite, suffered a tyre puncture with less than 10 kilometres to go. Not only did he stop and pull aside so his rivals could pass him, he cheered them on and then went on to finish... The race. He came seventh and to have wheeled himself for 10 kilometres on a flat tyre is pretty spectacular. That's remarkable. What really blows my mind is unlike the Tour de France or other cycling races Mm. where you have a whole team that comes in behind you and changes your tyre, that's not what happens. Gives you a whole new bike. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds great. That doesn't happen for these para-athletes. They are responsible for carrying their own equipment and changing their own tyres. Wow. So to have persevered under those conditions is pretty remarkable. That seems so unfair. Like, yeah, I just don't agree. get someone out. I mean, I don't even want to change my own car tyre. Like, Oh, hell no. And I, yeah. But like, you, <laughs> I mean, can you imagine like the F1 drivers just having to get out and change their that own That would never tire? happen. <laughs> like, it just won't happen. Doesn't, no, it doesn't seem right. But these are the rules. Wow. He's amazing. So we barely touched on the swimming and there's a reason for that because we have an expert that we can talk to. We have an expert. I mean, you're I mean, an expert. Look, look, slightly hurtful, but that's okay. <laughs> we have another Oh, expert. God, I forget that you're a swimmer. <laughs> a million years ago. Uh, we do. We actually have a for realsy expert, Olympic champion, Multiple Commonwealth Games gold medalist, world record holder, 
Triple M rush hours, Liesl Jones. My first question to you, Liesl, is how does it feel to be thrust off the pedestal from Emma McKeon beating your Commonwealth Games gold medals title? Oh, look, if it's going to be anyone to break it, Emma McKeon's a pretty good person to do it. So <laughs> that's, what, that's what records are there for. They're there to be broken. But I guess, too, um, when you're competing, you kind of don't really realise the tally that you have until mm. you retire. So... Emma McKean, when she said, oh, now you've won 11 golds or something, you've surpassed you. I was, oh, well, what do you want me to say? It's like, <laughs> no. I'm not keeping tally. I'm not keeping score. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. Um, how are you thinking the, the swimming's gone so far? Obviously, we've had oh, quite a number of gold medals, but what, what are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah, it's been incredible to watch. I think it's just been so nice to see the swimmers compete in a way that's relaxed. It's a friendly game. And it's just a great opportunity to be able to compete on a world level, but without the eyes of the world watching. So, and we don't have the big countries that put an immense amount of pressure. So I think they've done an outstanding job. And to be so close to world championships, which were in Budapest not that long ago, to get up again and to compete. And someone like Emma McKeon, who hasn't raced long course since last year, Mm. to be able to get up and swim this fast again, I think has just been absolutely outstanding. So she's really benefited from that break that she's had. Is that something that's quite unusual for swimmers to have such a big break and then come back and perform so well? Yeah, I think it is quite uh, unusual in that way that she's had such a long break from a major competition. So having Olympics so close last year compared to this year is an anomaly. We wouldn't have something like that that often. And it's the first time we've experienced it. So to have a break like that and to come back into a competition and to compete that way would be something very new and foreign for her. So for, to be able to step up and perform that way, I think, is what makes it most impressive because there's a certain element of cobwebs that need to be blown out and you've got to get back into the rhythm of racing and to get back into that really strict mindset is really hard to do. And Emma's just seemed to have done it. So well, I don't know that I'd be able to handle that switch so easily. She's just done it with a plum. And I, I guess we kind of have to touch on a little bit about the entire crazy media circus that has been the rift. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the rift, the love triangle between Carl Chalmers, Emma McKeon and um, Cody Simpson. I mean, I, I know that you've spoken and I have been incredibly vocal about your mental health and, and mental health of, of and well-being of athletes in general. What's your take on the, the Kyle Chalmers conversation that he's been having this week? Yeah, I think from um, my perspective, and I can only talk about my experiences with the media, and I've had my own issues mm. with uh, journalists calling me fat and, not, and too fat to compete at the Olympics and that I'm on a holiday. So mm. I've had those experiences myself. And it is extremely traumatizing to read those sort of articles, but you can't really block them out as much as you would like. They do come across your vision and you do it's across your attention and you see it. So it's sometimes hard to block that out. So from my personal experience, it had a huge impact on mental health and my self-esteem and how I felt about myself. Um, And my body image was hugely impacted after that and after swimming all from a simple article. So in terms of what Kyle Chalmers is saying is this is a big warning sign to say this is not making me feel good Mm. and uh, and I'm giving you a warning to please stop now. And that is, I applaud him for that because 
it's such a good place to stand. And for me, I wish I had that kind of voice. I wish I spoke up at the time because I just sort of put it behind me and just went, oh, I'll deal with that later. And I think it's blown up in my face a lot bigger. So I, I really applaud him in the way that he's handling it and has put a warning out there to say, this is, I won't tolerate this kind of behavior and this kind of journalism. And I think it's going to make people step up and, and listen to what athletes have to say now. So I think that's quite impressive the way he's handled it this week. I wish I was that strong. I wish Mm. um, there was a way that I could have stood up and spoken the way that he has uh, and and so articulate in in what he's trying to say. I think that's an interesting point as well because athletes now have control over their own voice like through Mm. social media Mm. so you Mm. know when we were competing back in the old days um, (laughs) (laughs) we didn't really have social media it wasn't used in that way to be able to put out your side of a story essentially Mm. we kind of just only had those media scrums to get um, something across about and it was usually only performance but if they talk to you about something specifically um, or they write something as what happened in your case in 2012 you know it's 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 really difficult to kind of come back and say anything and also you don't want to say anything because you don't want to draw more attention to that story as well. Mm, yeah you're so right Libby it's so true in that way that we had a very, I guess, filtered channel mm. on how our messages were put out and they were very structured and very, um, well, I guess filtered is probably the only word I can think of that it went through one person and it was then distributed through that way. Whereas now athletes yeah, have this great platform to be able to share their story in the words that they want to share it mm-hmm. and I think that's very empowering. Um, there's two sides to every um to the story and um, they get to have this voice and to be very vocal about that. So, um, yeah, it it is a double-edged sword in Mm. that way that it's great and it's powerful, but then there's also consequences that come with that as well. So, yeah, it's really interesting to to see this play out in this way because it's certainly something that we didn't have to deal with and it, it can be a huge distraction. When you watch something like the Commonwealth Games or the Olympic Games, how do you experience it? Because I've watched Libby <laughs> watching the swimming and it's like watching a tortured soul. She, one minute she's <laughs> loving it and the next minute she's in despair and she can barely <laughs> articulate anything in the middle. How is it for you? Do you? Are you reliving all your experiences as you're watching it or – I'm certainly not to that extent. <laughs> um, She's I, a little intense over I, here. <laughs> Just feel a little feels. bit of a roller coaster. Yes. Just watch out. No, um, I love watching the Commonwealth Games. It's been so much fun. Um, I've watched bits and pieces here and there. I can't say that I've been sitting and watching it methodically from start to finish, but the pieces that I've watched, I've absolutely loved. Um, I watched the road race, the para athletes in oh, the marathon. Oh I watched that intensely, oh. and I was I was riding that wave of emotion and getting. Um, outraged when that athlete's tyre went flat. I know. Flat. I was like, oh. yes, that's outrageous. And he so, had to change um, it himself. I know. Well, and did he even get the opportunity and all that sort of stuff. So those ones I'm loving watching. I love watch, watching the swimming. Um, I, I truly love watching Ellie Cole swim. Oh, I mean, that magic. was amazing watching mm. her last race. So those ones I do get emotional for, but not in terms of my own. I'm very much happy to have that in the past and um, and to watch and enjoy all of them 
um, competing because, yeah, they're doing such a good job. And there's no way I could keep up with them now. So <laughs> they're just far too far. So I'm like, you can have it. You, you go have fun. You enjoy. <laughs> I feel, well, I mean, you're, you've still got some, you know, elite level records at play still, <laughs> Miss mm. Liesl Jones. Um, thank Considering you so- mine was done in 2006. <laughs> yes, 100%. Yes. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for your time, Liesl. Thanks, Liesl. Uh, um, you are from Triple M Brisbane's Rush Hour. You can listen to her on the radio from four till six every day. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, thanks, Libby. Thanks, Dorothy. Bye. Thanks, Liesl. Bye. Bye. Georgie. Yes. We're coming to the end of our show. We are. Our very first show. We made it. Thank you for listening if you've made it this far. We're so happy that you're still here. And we're going to reward you by giving our very amazing recommendations. Shall I go first? I, I Yeah, do it. So off the back of last week's controversy about the Manly Sea Eagles jumper. I mean, we haven't even really had a chance to talk about too it. Much. But can you recap it very quickly? So Manly decided that given that there's not even a pride round in the NRL, Manly had decided that they would have their own uh, pride game. Mm. And so they released uh, their own jersey that had two rainbow stripes surrounding one of their major sponsors. Seems like a lot. Like it's just it was, too much. It was pretty It was pretty intense. Yeah, it was really in your face. I could barely notice it, to be honest. <laughs> but it was a, it was a great gesture. Mm. And it was, it was a statement that they supported this community and felt that it should be recognised and that they should be included. Mm. And what I guess we all know transpired is that that was received poorly by some of the playing group, by the sounds of it, because of a lack of communication internally about what was going on. And that has played out interestingly in different parts of the media. Mm. And I think what was really great to watch yesterday was Offsiders Mm. on the ABC, hosted by... Kelly Underwood, uh, where they had a discussion a couple of days afterwards, post post the match, once all the dust had settled. And what really struck me was what Corbin Middlemass spoke about when it comes to this issue. And that is that this is, this is a health issue. Mm. And if there's anything you should take away from this, the suicide rates in youth when it comes to feeling isolated because of your sexual orientation is huge. Mm. And so... If everyone could think about this as a health issue, we could really take it forward and make more progress than what was made mm. this week. Yeah, because I, th- I think there's a, you know, there's a definitely a movement of, of people who are like, it's just the woke left trying to be politically correct and everyone's, everyone has to do everything for everyone. And it's like sport is the most beautiful way to include everybody it should come from a point of inclusion absolutely so what's your recommendation amongst that then? I would recommend uh going and watching this episode go and watch the first 10 minutes of Offsiders and watch uh, four intelligent people have a conversation where they acknowledge that they don't speak with any lived experience mm. and I think that's also been missing in the conversation yeah. in the last seven days and they they just very articulately lay out the facts and how the NRL moves forward. Mm. Great recommendation, Georgie. What's your recommendation? Um, a little bit of change of pace. <laughs> I'm going to recommend that people try something that they haven't tried before. Oh. I think one of the reasons of this podcast for both of us is because we're really passionate about moving our bodies in different ways. So 
um, whether that be, you know, playing softball, which I know that you played a lot of growing up, you know, maybe getting involved in netball, which is a whole new world that I'm starting to navigate. Oh my God. But I have just started playing tennis again as an adult. So I used to play tennis when I was a lot younger. I loved it, but not as much as I loved swimming. I played everything growing up, but tennis was right up there with one of the favourites. But yeah, I was really nervous about trying it as an adult because... Why were you nervous? What what made you think, I can't do this? Lots of reasons, Georgie. You know, there's the, oh, she's an Olympian, so she might be good at stuff. And I'm not as... (laughs) We know, as you know very well. I mean, I forget sometimes. I I am not a land-based mammal. No, you are. (laughs) You're aquatic. I'm aquatic. Um, So, you know, there's that. There's the pressure I put on myself to be good at stuff. Win gold medals. Win gold medals. Social tennis. Yeah. (laughs) Well, if there are social gold medals (laughs) to be had, I want them, Georgie. Um, Yeah. And so I finally put my ego aside and signed up to a group which – the tennis teacher is the teacher at our kids' school and the group of adults are all amazing. They're so fun. I feel so warmly embraced and accepted and we can all have a laugh and we hit a ball and, yeah, it's just magic. So, yes, Monday nights are one of my favourite nights of the week now because I started. Non-negotiable. Yeah. Have to do it. Have to do it because it's fun. And I've finally gotten my husband Luke involved as well so he comes along now and it's kind of like a date night for us <laughs> such sporty people <laughs> I mean we're such dads this is what we no it's become. actually really nice once your kids are old enough that you can leave them with a babysitter or yeah with the you know grandparent. a grandparent yeah that yeah. you can go and do exercise with your partner mm. and just hang out just hang out Spend quality time well because I just I mean I'm digressing now but I just think as adults we don't play and when we think of play, we think of like going and partying or yes. having drinks or yes. whatever. And I'm like, that's my form of play, like to use your body, mess around, have fun, have some banter with some other people. It's nice. You really get a real – you get a hit of endorphins after doing that sort of totally. activity and you laugh. Mm. You don't realise it, but you spend a lot of time laughing and smiling totally. and you're, you're totally out of your own head. Yes an hour and you come back to whatever it is you've had to leave yes totally refreshed and ready to get back into it to put the children to bed (laughs) such a highlight (laughs) um yeah so that's my recommendation go and try something that you maybe have been thinking about all right nervous about trying because you may not be good at it and look you won't be good at it to start with let's be honest you will not be good at it but that's okay and that's fine no no one expects you and in fact no one's watching you yeah Actually, no one gives a crap, no, because we're all so self-involved. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. This was our first one. We did it. We did. It's so exciting. If you are able, well, (laughs) I mean, if you liked the episode and you want to hear more, make sure you head to your podcast listening app. Like, subscribe. Share. Rate. Review. Review. We have a social media platform uh, at the Sports Social Podcast. So um, another great thing that we're wanting to do through um, this these conversations is actually highlight local stories, you know, whether it's grassroots sport, kids playing sport, different teams, really interesting conversations around that master's level. So please slide into our 
DMs and send I us. I love that you said slide into your DMs. <laughs> send us anything you think is interesting that you'd like us to cover. And if you've got a great team that you think we should know about, please let us know. We'd Absolutely. love to talk to you. Yeah, 100%. So, yes, thank you for being here with us. Get in touch. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye.